So hi, this is Grumpy Recorders and uh, today's uh, episode is called Woman in Tech and uh, we have uh, a guest with us, uh, Elena, Elena Kolevska and uh, yeah, Elena, maybe you introduce yourself. Hey everyone, uh, thanks for inviting me first of all, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. So yeah, as you said, and you got my name right, <laughs> which is not uh, something that uh, people can usually say. My name is Elena Kolevska. Um, well, what can I say? I am a woman in the tech industry. I, I come from a, a small country in the Balkans called North Macedonia nowadays. It used to be part of Yugoslavia. Uh, doesn't sound very important now, but I think that is actually a big part in this in this uh, me in tech story, but we'll get to that later. Um, I'm a mom, I'm a software developer. Uh, currently, I work more in the teaching space or technical enablement. Um, and uh, I've been in, uh, in this industry for, I think, around maybe 13 years or something like that. So not too long, but uh, still a significant part of my life. No, it's a, it's a good period of time, right? It's a good amount wow. of experience. Yeah. And how did you come to it? How, how yeah, did Thomas, you is, uh, Thomas is also here. Yeah, I'm, Sorry. I'm here Sorry. as well. <laughs> Thanks for introducing me, David. Um, <laughs> anyway, but this is about Le- ladies, so, ladies first. Ladies yeah, first. exactly. <laughs> so, so how did you come to tech? How, how was your journey? Uh, it is a long story, and I hope we have enough time. We have time. <laughs> it starts very early. Um, I mean, how did I come to tech? Um, I'm going to share one moment first, where actually I did make the decision to go to one university instead of the other. And it was while I was sleeping. I'm not kidding. I, I, <laughs> I was in that period of time after high school. Uh, I used to go, uh, the high school I used to go to is, we call it gymnasium, but you could choose between two parts, like leaned more towards social sciences and the other one towards natural sciences. I was always, since always more on the, let's say, rational, logical side. And so I went to the um, uh, natural sciences uh, gymnasium where we actually did study a little bit of coding. and then, but I was in this kind of period of life where I was really into ecology and nature and stuff like that. So as my final project in school, I didn't go with math or physics or one of my favorite subjects. I somehow turned into uh, plants and botanics and stuff like that. So uh, f- for my whole life, I wanted, I knew, I, I felt that I felt like an engineer, even, <laughs> even sometimes so much so that my father used to call me, hey, my little son, and give me a, give me a screwdriver <laughs> when, <laughs> when I was a kid. I mean, in a totally okay way, not that he broke me somehow, <laughs> thinking I was a guy, but it, like he was feeling nice. He has two daughters, so. Um, okay, so I was, I, I knew I would always do something related to engineering but then when the time came for me to choose a university i was thinking should i go to botanics or um, uh, or engineering and it was something i mean you're 18 you really have no idea what you want in life you have some like pretty vague ideas uh you're clueless basically when you're 18 and uh, like those animals that, that stuck their heads in the sand when they are scared and they don't know what to do. I said, like, 
ah, I can't, I just can't take the pressure. I'm just gonna go rest a little bit, sleep a little bit, because this is too much. I was talking with my parents and talking to friends and trying to be rational and doing research, checking universities online. I said, ah, let all of this go. I'm gonna go take a nap. And I w- woke up from that nap knowing that I want to uh, go to the engineering university. So, so that is how that <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, that's not what you expected, right? The no. thing is, <laughs> I, I had a dream. dream. I had yeah. a dream. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, of course, there is a lot behind of that. Uh, I, I'm just starting with this because maybe it's a, it's a oh, funny intro, uh, funny opening. Mm, uh, but yeah, it, it is a result of many previous years of, uh, of preparation, let's say. Uh, the, by the way, the university I chose was uh, electrical engineering, electronics and telecommunications. So I studied that for five years. Uh, but then after, after university, since day one after, I was like, well, okay. If I'm into telecommunications, which uh, I, I found more interesting than, than electronics, um, I'm going to have to work for some big telecom companies. I'm not going to have the freedom. They're more inert. They're bigger. They're more like enterprise like I'm this hippie. I'm a free spirit. I want to travel. If I go into programming, which I love, by the way, all I need is my brain and a computer and that's it. And I'm free. I can move easily. Uh, the, the the business, the industry moves faster, leaner, and you know what? I think I'm gonna go into programming. And I started sending CVs for internship. And in about a week or two, uh, the biggest hardware company in, in Macedonia sent me uh, an email back. They said, "Well, okay, sure, come try you out." <laughs> and then I I did the internship with with them, and they say, "Hey, we want you to stay." And that's uh, how I got my first job in programming. So it was the interest in the tech and the fast movingness. I mean, it's it's an exciting time to be an IT person, isn't it? Probably oh. the most exciting it has been for a long time. Oh, I am so grateful I did that. Uh, I did that choice at that time. I'm so grateful. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I keep thinking, what would the programming choice be for, for my son, for example? And it's not programming anymore. So... This is, by the way, something that uh, that I think about, but uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, I am lucky. But the thing is, I mean, I, I wouldn't have gone into programming at that time if I wasn't introduced to it somehow. And if I remember correctly, I, I'm not sure. I mean, my memories are a little bit muddy, but um, I remember. So in the beginning, I said that I come from an ex-Yugoslavian country. In ex-Yugoslavia, education was a big thing, and engineering was a big thing. I mean, and a really Mm -hmm. funny uh, anecdote is that, okay, so we had influence both from the West a little bit, uh, Western thinking and politics, but also from the East, so from uh, uh, communist Russia. Uh, And it was a socialist uh, country, right? Um, Religion was not mm, encouraged and was maybe a little bit even frowned, frowned upon. Um, so our uh, uh, Christmas cards were, were not of Santa Claus or something, but it was it was cards from astronauts in space to awesome. inspire kids. I mean, that part was amazing. 
Okay, so coming Sounds back like to my Eastern story. Sounds like Eastern Germany for me. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we grew up in Eastern <laughs> Germany. And we, did <coughs> we grew up in Eastern Germany. Yeah, was yeah. A bit of, I mean, we did. We have had Santa Claus and stuff like this, right? But uh, uh, I think the situation. Yeah, but was, <coughs> he was uh, called De Daddy Father Frost or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It was Father Frost. All a bit de-religious, uh, and these little angel statues. I think we called them year-end winged figures or something like that. <laughs> You know. Yeah, but, but there was an overlay there. But it sounds a little bit like that, right? So just uh, just mm -hmm. as, as I, so, anyway, it's so, it's not about us here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, it's about the it's about the, the the industry and about the the situation now of women and everything. I think that this is actually important, and we we'll, we might get to that uh, to that later. What is the difference between Eastern women and Western women, and you will see that actually you will see so many interesting. Um, eastern women from from russia from ukraine indian interesting. women are amazing yeah. so, and there and the percentage is much different in american and uk women compared to russian ukrainian indian ex-yugoslavian engineers why 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 is oh, this fascinating I yeah, yeah, I think uh, it's. Uh, I mean, what I realized a little bit, and this is not in a in a in a negative way or whatever, right? But what I realized in general is that uh, also in Eastern Germany, where I grew up, right, uh, so I can relate a bit to it, is that uh, the the Russian uh, culture or the Russian influence kind of had always a kind of uh, competitive character a little bit, mm -hmm. right? So we need to keep up with the Western world. We need to be up to the game. We need to be our uh, kind of uh, yes. uh, having having similar tech or even better or whatever right there was always this uh, this kind of slight competition or uh, 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 in the in the back of the mind right in, of this of this culture maybe i'm wrong but this is how i observed it maybe right oh no uh, and, yeah so, and maybe this this inspired also that or uh, that our eastern countries or maybe also in eastern germany in a sense right are uh, kind of uh, uh, yeah, forced a little bit uh, more more technical education on on people, right? So they were pretty yeah. technical universities, uh, right? So uh, doesn't say anything about the quality, right? It doesn't say that they are were better than than the the Western ones or whatever, right? This is not what I'm meaning, but uh, it say it says something about the mindset of of trying to compete, uh, let's say, right, in order to be up to the game. I would say that, that specifically the, the women in tech uh, question starts with the question of equality in the Eastern, in the, let's say in socialism. Mm -hmm. Because in socialism, everyone was a druz, drug drugarica, comrade. Everyone was equal. You would, you would never call anyone a sir. You would never call a police Somewhere officer a more sir. Equal. Somewhere, Somewhere more, more equal. equal I know. Than others. But that was behind <laughs> hidden doors, right? That was behind uh, hidden doors. Right. Everyone knew, yeah. knew those rich families. and. But in general, uh, people on the street were equal. And you would call a, a policeman a friend. Literally, the word for drug, drugarica, you would call them a friend or comrade. comrade. Everyone was a uh, friend. So, yeah, yeah. We, uh, so first had you this come as well, from... but I would not uh, buy into it. Let's say. I mean, we we uh, so based on my experience in Eastern Germany, we had this as well. A camarade was basically also, or maybe you 
everyone, right? Uh, and and uh, this is how we were programmed when we were younger, right? We were pioneer, pioneer, pioneers, and so on, right? Kameraden, blah, blah. blah. But uh, in a sense, it was also a good amount of socialism, uh, brainwashing, right? Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the reality yeah. looked, absolutely. The rea reality yeah. looked completely different. Right? And, and then there's the other thing where people vanish if they, are, if they say the wrong oh, thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's not all good. But, no, no, absolutely. But, yeah, no, yeah, so in my experience, yeah, so, so I had a similar experience in school. I felt that everything was very equal. There was nothing pushed on boys and nothing pushed on girls. So, so boys would learn home skills if they were interested in it. And girls would have, as you say, engineering subjects. So so it felt very equal, yeah, true, as you say, true. in East Germany. Yeah, and I'm sure I mean, it's the same in all of Eastern Europe. At least the discrepancy was not that big. Right. Okay. Yeah. We now we have that I, I think rich one right. percent. I think you're right. And uh, back then, there there were no poor people in in uh, North Macedonia, in Yugoslavia. There was there weren't any uh, homeless people. There were no poor people. Simply, you go and you you there's always the the, the state is going to provide you a job. Maybe you will you would suck mm -hmm. at it. You would uh, do the lowliest job possible, but you will have money to feed your family and send your kids to school, which was also m almost for free because you wouldn't, you didn't pay for university at all. You would pay some maybe mm -hmm. something really basic, tiny, um, so just a symbolic yeah, yeah, amount, yeah, yeah. and you would get first class uh, education for free for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So by the, by the way, I didn't see deal. this coming, right? I didn't see coming that we talk about politics in this context. But uh, that we do it now is maybe interesting because it's, it's uh, as you said, Elena, right? I, I can actually relate a little bit to this uh, kind of women are more equal than than uh, maybe uh, than it might have been in Western cultures, right? Hard to judge. But what I realized is when I grew up, right, it was just normal that women did exactly the same jobs yeah. as men, right? Yeah, exactly. So basically, uh, basically there, there was out of the box kindergarten in Eastern Germany, right? Uh, exactly. Basically, if 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 if, uh, if, uh, if someone gave birth to, to a kid, right, uh, after a year or whatever, right, it was totally normal to go back to work and do the same job as your, your male peers and whatever, right? There was no exactly. Di discrepancy there in this regard and when i when i basically came then to bavaria right where i'm living right now right western germany the mindset is even now nowadays completely different yeah. right if my wife basically starts after one year or two years to go back to work right and we give our 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 youngest one to 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 kindergarten or kinderkrippe how it is called right or uh, we, we always have to kind of have discussions about it with people that don't understand why she's not staying for 10 years at home or whatever right and this is yeah. because culturally seen it is uh, there is a difference right so it is observed as something bad if a mother is basically uh, uh, kind of going back to work in order to be independent right because there, there is a specific role model which is more applied here right now right um, especially countryside in Bavaria Catholic Bavaria right than it was in the past when I was a kid right in, in Eastern Germany. So I can kind of relate to what you said, right? That women are were more equal in a, in a sense. So what are these other countries doing that you mentioned, like India and, you know, what is going right that is going wrong in Western Europe? So uh, for one thing, uh, uh, exactly what you said, David, kindergartens. That's so crucial. 
Because if I know uh, that I have to stay at home, Im- imagine losing three or four or five years from your from your work life, from your career in the tech industry, losing yeah. five years, five years. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like Fifty years. Yeah. That's crazy. Not that it's it can be done. It can be done, but uh, you, you're you're falling behind. That's five years that your male peers have in front of you. And then that's all, if you have one kid only, if, what if you want to have two or more? So that's a huge deal. Having kindergartens, the social organization uh, is, is a huge deal. And if a country doesn't have it and expects a woman to come back to work after two or three months, but they don't provide kindergarten, uh, ki- kindergartens, they don't provide like any other uh, support system. How is that woman going to do it? Yeah. But by the way, just clarifying, right? Makes so sense. not not to basically offend my Bavarian friends and so on. We <laughs> indeed in in Bavaria also have the possibility to to have kindergarten, and uh, I think this is kind of a even something you you are legally or uh, yeah you can have it if you want it, right? So there there is a rule that you should need to get this, right? So meaning, our uh, reality is often that you have to wait longer periods, which is not the case here in this area. I have to say the the way how they take care of the kids here the kindergartens the availability and so on is, is really great right so just saying we, we all have we have this but there is a difference between having it in theory or also practically available right as a as a service versus or uh, having a mindset which is kind of or uh, implying automatically that you use it right so meaning meaning the way how it is here in bavaria is basically that uh, we have the service we have this as a as a as something which is there right so women can basically use it but uh, the the culture around them is basically not really uh, appreciating it let's say right if this if this okay. makes sense yeah. right and when you raise a girl like that when when you're a girl and you see your mother staying at home with you when you're a boy and see you you grow up you have your kid you expect to, you expect to see the same that's just how we are human beings yeah are there any other factors than kindergartens that uh, would help well well yeah okay well uh this was the, the social factor that i've seen uh, uh in my right. experience but then, of course, there's the, also the cultural part, um, which comes to the parents. And we, we see that this all the time. Um, we separate toys in girls' and boys' toys. I don't know where this comes mm-hmm. from. So maybe there is some story between it. I mean, there are th- those um, uh, studies with very young babies, male and female, and they give the baby an object or a, um, entity, like uh, an animal or a person, a doll with a face. And the girls were usually, you, they would usually in a higher percentage than pick the, uh, the, the doll with the face or the animal. The boys would go mostly for objects. Okay, maybe there is something there, but we exaggerated that totally. So now mm-hmm. boys, boys' toys are guns, are trucks, our Legos, where are anything that's technological is for boys. Uh, computer no, games. Uh, Lego is neutral, I would say. Lego is neutral. It is neutral, but how often do you see a girl playing with Lego? How often does a girl get uh, a birthday <laughs> present Lego? Le- less mm. often than having a, a a boy playing with it, because I have four sons, right? <laughs> Which means that's really awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> and it's yeah, got, it's gotten better. I, 
much better. So now you see uh, girl-specific Lego play sets with ponies and horses. They they girlify the Lego a little bit and they do it. Now and things have gotten much better in the last five or, or so years. Um, but uh, when and, and this is a story that you will see every every woman in every um, article or, or interview about women in tech. This is a story that is told. So you know that who, who, the first computers were women, <laughs> real human beings. They were computing mm. stuff, right? And that was usually seen as a female profession. But then with the with the rise of a, like the personal computer. Um, the marketing around the personal computer was about uh, playing games, like a gaming station, and it was uh, marketed towards boys. So it was the boys who were getting this, who were getting personal computers as presents. Over the time, they got got used to it to be around computers, and you learn a lot about computers by playing games and trying to hack and crack something and break yeah, it and fix yeah, it. You yeah. learn so much. Is, so by the time how I those, got to it, and Thomas maybe as well. Yeah. So by the time you were in school, the boys were way ahead of girls in computers. And girls like, oh, well, okay, well, this is not our thing. We are insecure. We're not even going to try to go there. The boys are like, hi, mm-hmm. you don't know anything. And, but not that boys, boys do like that <laughs> between each other also. That's not the problem. Maybe not all boys. No, right? not they all boys. They were also boys. kind and nice yeah, boys. Yeah, of course, like, of course. Like, we're talking about me. kids. Girl, <laughs> girls are hey, mean. leave me out of this. <laughs> Girls we got be... only grumpy. We got only grumpy <laughs> when we got older, right? So, <laughs> just kidding. Girls can be totally mean at school. Okay, kids in general are less. Are less. Well, let's just say it. Kids are can be mean sometimes. <laughs> and then, and then all of those. Uh, 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 the cultural thing where women are usually seen as the the caregivers, the nurturers, the more emotional side uh, of, of a couple of the family, and the guys are usually seen as the the, the more rational, the calmer, uh, the, the the hunter. If we go back to the hunter gatherer, so the guy, the men were the hunters who had to pardon, pardon, plan an attack, hunt, hunt the animal, uh, do the navigation, find a way back home. And women were staying at home, taking care of kids and then doing some agriculture later. But uh, yeah, I mean, the work were, was split. And maybe there is something, and maybe the evolutionary biologists are right. Maybe there is something. Um, but I really do believe that we exaggerated those, those differences. Mm-hmm. By the way, my wife has better navigation skills than me, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm right. having navigation st- skills that are kind of similar to the ones of a death pick or a stone <laughs> or something like this. Right? <laughs> I can't find my way without my smartphone, right? My, my wife, if, we, if, we, if she is in a, diff- in a in completely in a city which is not known by her, right? So you can basically drop her in any kind of big city and she will find the way back to the car or whatever, right? And I'm not sure how she does it, right? It's a, it's a kind of uh, a skill which I don't have, right? And I'm always like, well, I'm a bit lost here, right? Oh, where's my car? Hmm. <laughs> Apple is telling me, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, just, just saying that uh, those stereotypes, right, are not always true. And uh, no. the question is if they ever were, right? Or, or if this was something which society was basically just uh, exactly. putting on top of it, right? I uh, suppose or, so, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I have two boys, but if, if I had girls, what should I do? Should I try to, to interest them in Lego? Is, is there more? What can I do? Um, call them to help you when you're putting up uh, IKEA furniture. <laughs> When make them read the All manual. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a joke, I say, of course. Um, but it requires you to think. It, it's a process. Step one, step two, step three. There is an it algorithm is, yeah. to it, right? Um, but yeah, of course, uh, just give them those, but also give them Legos, uh, teach them problem solving. Um, just I would say just expose them to the same things that you would expose a boy. And yeah. And, uh, and also, I mean, vice versa for boys, it's not just we should just expose them to boyish stuff, to, to maths and to, and to programming or to whatever. We could, I mean, I asked my boy if he would like to do music or whatever. He's, he is more into boyish stuff for now. But let's see if he decides he wants to do ballet, he, I'm going to drive him to ballet classes <laughs> too. Yeah, why not? So, why not? Yeah. yeah. I think the problem is sometimes it's not just in our control as parents, right? There are external influences as well that are kind of are enforcing some role models or specifically our kids in the same age, right? Uh, that are, as we already pointed out, uh, are sometimes mean and so on, right? So meaning, or I, I believe a lot of persons are basically more struggle with dealing with some of those situations out there, right? But it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, more a general problem instead of <laughs> uh, related to women tech. Yeah. yeah, and and also, I mean, nowadays there there are so many amazing projects um, that try to fix a little bit our education system, which is uh, I don't want to use a very strong word now, but at, at least I can say it's outdated. <laughs> for the exponential age in, we, in which we live in. Mm, and we, What would be the strong word, by the way, right? Yeah, feel free to use the strong word. <laughs> I, well, I, think, I think that our education system is broken. That's the strong word, broken. Yeah, it doesn't work. Broken is not a strong word. Yeah, but I, I agree with you, right? Because I, I think or what it is, but it's it's maybe slightly touching this or this or, or kind of stuff. But in a sense, it doesn't really. And I have the same feeling with my kids, by the way, right? And it's not because I'm I'm just overprotecting them, but I think what our educational system is not doing first, it is not really going with the time. Let's say, right? So it's uh, it's outdated, as you pointed out, right? So it's not up to the game in tech and whatever but i mean i had sessions with teachers that kind of explained me some initiatives of digitalization in their school and the 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 big thing was basically that they have a shared drive basically a samba server or somewhere <laughs> right <laughs> with a shared drive uh, and this was their hey now they can share content via this shared drive how cool is that mm. right there is a powerpoint presentation tell them about the cloud. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> whereby whereby the thing is that the young kids right the kids that are in this class they are actually using the cloud completely naturally already right they they use cloud yeah. services every day right they sh share information in a, in a in a much more natural way than than what is kind of called digitalization in school right but this is not the only issue i think the the, the main issue is that or uh, it doesn't reflect uh, the individ individualism of of or, mm -hmm. of kids okay so 
this system that that we use now it's been there for over 50 60 years it was modeled and designed during the industrial revolution more or less but mm -hmm. life and jobs and work and people then <laughs> have nothing to do with today's day and age so i really do believe that we are way past due of uh, updating our educational system luckily uh, in this COVID time really accelerated that uh, those changes and I see new schools popping up all the time where they have really different approach they don't force the same subjects on all students they allow the student to um, to specialize in the things they want and not spend uh -huh. time studying things that they don't want and never gonna need so as a pretty extreme example um, there are people who want to be professional athletes. So currently those, those kids have to go to school all day and only after 5 or 6 or 7 p.m. Pardon, they can go and go train their thing, their sport. Where, when they're already tired and have no energy left in them and then they have to study and they, the cycle goes over and over and over again. But maybe that kid really wants to have a life as a professional athlete and that's a perfectly uh, valid profession, right? We need... It is, but it's, uh, it has a uh, time to live, right? So, I mean, I it has a time to live and it's also a dangerous profession. I, I would think only the top few percent I, actually make yeah, enough money of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm, I know. And that's why I say it, it's a com complete extreme example. But uh, just because mm. it's more, it's, you know, it shows... Uh, it shows the story really well. I mean, if you had a kid and you saw that they could be the next, what's a good sport <laughs> sport person? I don't know, some football Usain player or, or Ronaldo. Okay, I know Ronaldo uh, from Portugal here because <laughs> I live in Portugal. Uh, you see that the kid can be the, the next Ronaldo, and what you're gonna do? You're gonna you're not gonna let them have a um, career in in sports. If you see that they're really talented mm. and they might be as a parent, uh, that's probably some a completely different story. But maybe you can uh, train them. Uh, okay, let them. So you put them in a school like this. You let them uh, use the majority of their time to this sport. But then you also train them in business. You also train them in maybe a, a backup plan. That is um, a skill that they will have in case that other thing doesn't go go right. But to sacrifice mm -hmm. uh, that chance just because they need to study about the Portuguese kings uh, 300 years ago, mm. it doesn't make sense. And, and also learn about music if they don't have a musical bone in their body. Exactly. That seems like a waste yeah. of exactly. time, doesn't it? There, what if there, there's, one, there's one problem, I think, with this, right? So to be, to be really honest, so I, I mean, only a problem I'm seeing with it, maybe. But so the, the thing is the following, right? Parents maybe have an idea of what their kids could do and could say, hey, you're, you will be maybe the next or big sports superstar, whatever, right? But as you pointed already out, kids don't have this understanding until they reach a specific age, right? And the, the problem with this is, and they need to make a free decision and in order to be able to make a free decision they need to try stuff out right so which means they need a kind of broadband or education in order to kind of identify where their strengths and interests are actually right and if someone is more interested in history he should have touched history right in order to make such a decision if someone wants to be an artist he should have an idea
idea what art is, right, in order to make this decision. Yeah. If he wants to write a book or being an author in the future, he needs to have some education around languages before you can take the decision. If the parent is taking this decision up front by saying, hey, your profession is now, uh, when a kid can't do this right now, or right, already, um, is taking the decision for this kid, you, you actually limit the freedom in education or for the future. And uh, how should a kid, which is basically something like seven years old, 10 years old, even 14 years old, take this decision without having touched everything a little bit, right? Okay, but the thing is, I mean, until you're maybe 10, you go to a school where you study the usual curriculum or something like that. And even, yeah, everything even, a little bit. Yeah, everything you know, a little bit. Language, of course, of sports, course. language, sports, or, or natural science. Oh, yeah. Everything a little bit, right? But uh, I mean, you, you kind of develop your interests in this phase, right? So it's, it's not intended to be specialized. It's very broad uh, in order to kind of allow you to, to understand what your strengths are, right? If you would not have uh, learned about, uh, let's say, engineering or, or maybe you would have some, some coding or some minor coding experiences uh, when you did the uh, gymnasium, right? So how would you have found out that coding is actually something you enjoy, right? Uh, so meaning, meaning only the experience of writing maybe 100 lines of codes in, in one school year maybe was good enough in order to inspire you to become a coder in the future, right? And maybe the experience of playing around with, with uh, words and understanding about uh, our, our language structures and so on is good enough in order to make you an author in the future, right? So how should you basically decide this by specializing pretty much to, be, to do sports only, right? At a very early age, I think would be hard right I don't as a know. kid i mean as, yeah, a, as an as adult kid, you can, can develop an idea but as a kid it's hard right but uh, i mean don't you see that every one of your kids has it is better in one thing in, and not that good in another my kid mm. i mean since since he started going to school i could see that he's into like uh, uh uh, more into uh, uh, animals and nature and ecosystems and uh, I mean I, I put him into programming classes sure he likes it but he's, it's not his thing his thing is, yeah, is animals uh, and me. ecosystems that's what he, he cares about and uh, if I try to force him I am kind of enforcing English language on him because that's just that he has to I learn mean, this is, but this he has he sense, has resistance right? he doesn't like learning new languages he finally understood that it's important for him so he's accepting it and starting to finally you know getting better and since he's more comfortable with the language he's enjoying it more yeah, but, because he can communicate but. Uh, but we but are art? in line there, right? So, I mean, it's uh, in, in a sense we are in line because what I'm saying is you should give them, you should open a bunch of doors and they decide through which door they go, right? Mm. And some of those doors are a little bit bigger and some of them are a little bit smaller and harder to pass, right? Pass by. But you as, uh, my personal opinion is you should open those doors for them yeah. at least, right? And not yeah. uh, keep some of them closed. This is the, the picture which I'm yeah. basically yeah. painting and here. And sure, they have some strengths 
or some of my kids are more analytical. Let's say I have one who is two, one is four, one is 14, one is 17. And even the 17-year-old doesn't have any clue what he will do in the future, right? <laughs> so he's thinking now about to study economics, right? Because this is the fallback uh, <laughs> thing if you don't know what to study, let's say, right? Because it's useful in the future, but you don't have any actual interest in something, right? So, so now, anyway, so he is maybe not the most mathematical analytical mind. My 14-year is a little bit more analytical. So I have an idea about some strengths, but this doesn't mean that he doesn't like arts at the same time, right? So maybe one door is a bit bigger than the other one, but I, I can't basically force him to go through one of them. He needs to do, take the decision, right? And in order to basically basically let him take the decision, I have to open every of those doors, right? And he has to take it, let's say, right? So that's, that's my personal opinion. And in order to do so, I, I personally think they should adapt more to the strengths of the kids. True, right? Uh, basically, uh, as soon as they took the first step, open the door a little bit more, let's say, right? But... Um, you should at least kind of uh, set the stage by by putting all the doors on it. If this makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but isn't it, uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm, no, I was going to say, but but isn't it whatever they're doing right in education or they're doing wrong in education? They're doing it wrong for boys and girls, and if they do something right, they do it right for boys and girls. Or is there yeah. something they do right for boys and do wrong for girls? No, I think it's equal. You, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's equal. Yeah. I mean, maybe then there's that bias that that we have, which I I think I see see it myself, and from what what I've been reading there, those, those studies that claim the same thing that we kind of um, how do I how do I uh, phrase this in in the right way. Um, we judge girls failing a little bit differently than boys failing. It's kind of more accepted that a boy does something uh, that's not okay. And then, okay, they, they change and it, it's better. They just change. But when a girl does something that's not completely right, that's a little bit more of a harder thing. Because the girl is expected to behave properly. Be a girl, behave properly, be this and be this and be that. and. So there is maybe that thing small, but I think that this is slowly changing okay. everywhere. So these behavioral expectations discourage girls from trying new things that they might fail at. Absolutely. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Very much. Interesting. And, and Very also, much. Okay. And also stop them from trying things that are out of character in quotes. Very for much. Girls, like technical things. Okay. I mean, how can we change this? How uh, yeah, this exactly. How can we? Uh, is there anything we can do? I mean, not me or Thomas personally, well, yeah. but we as, a, let's say, the society in general, right? Yeah. Oh, well, first, just recognizing that, that we have that hidden bias, maybe all of us. Yeah. And when, mm -hmm. I mean, and I've seen even like close people that uh, my friends that have a girl and a boy treating differently it's saying and this is so common in, in in macedonia at least you're a girl how can you behave like that you're a girl everyone would say that this is totally normal for a parent or an aunt or grandmother to say girls don't behave like that mm -hmm. and but that i think is it's changing. less 
less here in Germany, but or I get uh, the I, I think what what is true, and I have to admit this, right? I would not say that I'm a sexist or whatever, right? I actually would say this is I'm the opposite, but but I'm, I'm I would say but. that or this is now there is a but, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, there is a but, and the, uh, what I have to admit is that uh, there is a specific uh, amount of sexism, right, of kind of uh, preloaded to every one of us because it is basically uh, culturally influenced, right, from the past, uh, it is kind of still there and so on, right. So, for instance, when we discuss the... the, the, uh, the episode title, right? Uh, you could say what, what I proposed was uh, basically sexist, right? I mean, it, it's maybe not, but uh, in, in a sense it was, right? So I, my first uh, proposal was basically, we, we talk about women in tech, uh, episode title is girl power, right? Uh, and uh, in the in the at the time when I said it, I realized okay, this is not a good title, right? Because it kind of lowers down the 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 woman to be a girl, right? Um, and uh, kind of associates it with a strong word, but there is no reason to do this, right? Because they're the, regarding this woman in tech movement, men and women are equal, let's say, right? It's I mean, it's it's all about equalizing them in a in a sense regarding their performance uh, let's say right so the woman can do exactly the same as men and there's no doubt about that right but uh, my my first proposal for this episode title was anyway girl power <laughs> or maybe even stupid more stupid stuff like uh, wonder woman or uh, supergirl or whatever right which is I, I mean i was half kidding but on the other hand side it shows something that this is the first stuff which jumps into my mind and that it's basically not just a positive thing let's say maybe it it was just it felt too silly for a relatively serious topic maybe that's all it is nah yeah i mean i think there is some as elena said right there there is some bias or and this bias bias. is is, is kind of this bias is kind of uh omnipresent i I think yeah uh, but but it's as you said elena the challenge is to recognize the bias and sort of steer against it try to correct it isn't it yeah so yeah. when when you catch yourself doing it sort of immediately yeah. fight against it yeah, yeah but there is a funny question in my mind about this actually right and i'm i'm, I'm not really knowing the answer to this uh, because this is not just with sexism this is also with racism and other topics right so the the point when you recognize it and steer actively against it or uh, the 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 paradox i paradox uh, situation uh, is is a little bit if I do this isn't this the sexism or isn't this the the ra- racism right no because I, if if I basically don't see if I realize it and I don't see it as normal right that uh, something something is like like something else right don't nope. I basically don't I admit that I'm biased and don't doesn't this yep. mean that I'm a sexist, sexist person? I mean, right? I mean, I mean there are stu- other stupid or assumption, but not too stupid. Maybe I'm not. Well, sure, well I mean, right? there are other biases in us, right? So we are a social animal. So it was evolutionary of an advantage if you are in a group, and if you are afraid or hateful against people outside of your group. This is something that evolution has beaten into oh us. man are you just justifying racism by, by no evolution no i'm or? saying we should <laughs> recognize okay. that we are imperfect <laughs> animals you know okay. we should recognize the biases yeah. and and correct steer them yeah. sort of consciously against them yeah and, which I, is what I, elena said isn't it i agree yeah, and i agree exactly. with that exactly because i mean uh, david what you said well okay m- maybe that 
makes you think, well, okay, I have to treat now girls, uh, women a little bit differently now without, because I have to think and check my biases. So I treat women differently than I treat men, indeed. But, uh, uh, but what would be the other option? What would be the other? So it's either this or not checking your bias. Yeah, there it is. It's not really. I said it's a paradox, right? It's a paradox. That's my problem, right? But it's uh, it kind of or let let. It basically causes sometimes that I'm feeling insecure as a as a as a male person as and well, that's right? That's a so problem. I have to admit, right? That's a problem. That and. Okay, well, uh, and it's again a chicken and egg problem because women and not just women, but the allies to the women in tech movement went out on Twitter with megaphones really loud talking about calling out every little thing, every little example where there was a, a, a bias or someone did something or someone used the word girls or something like that. And they would go out on Twitter and, and make a big noise out of it. It did work, uh, as crazy as it sounds, it did work. In these few last years that that was happening, so many things changed and improved. But there is this side effect that now guys are scared. The, the well-meaning yeah. guys are scared. They, they don't know exactly how to behave. And uh, it's okay that, as you said, well, okay, I need to rethink my behavior. I need to rethink my, my um, habits. Um, but I, I, I don't want anyone to be scared to, to talk to me as a colleague or, or uh, as someone on a conference or I don't want people to be scared. I think that women should be maybe more a little bit um, like we should see men as allies. That's it. And yeah, I think that most women do that. And just like with everything on Twitter, the loud ones are a minority. Uh. Yeah, they are just a minority, and they but say, they are ah, most and they... visible, exactly. <laughs> but that's that's like with everyone on Twitter. Yeah. That's like with everyone, yeah. and um, and then about the girl word or girl power. I've been using maybe nowadays I don't use it that much, but we've been using so much that we encourage each other. The 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 women communities. I mean, how we we help each other and and hold each other and. It's, it's really strong. It's really good. And girl power, I feel it, definitely. I feel it. Now, maybe I don't say it uh, uh, that often as, as before, but uh, I feel it. And the word girl, that, there was a huge discussion. Well, but that's the problem of the English language itself. Because the word girl is the same word for like a five-year-old girl also. So many other languages, mm -hmm. Portuguese, for, for example, has a word, word for little girl, five, six, seven years old. For a 18, 20, 25 year old, old girl, a different word and a different word for a woman or a lady. I personally don't, mm. I personally don't like it when someone calls me a lady because for me, lady, for, when I translate <laughs> it to, to my native language, is someone I, who's, I who's remind, older. I need to remind the next time, right? I'm actually not saying lady to you. Right? I don't, I, I but mean, I don't <laughs> mind. I don't, don't, I don't mind that. But I just, my personal opinion, I don't mind. Not doing this. Like, 
I don't mind if people uh, uh, are. Uh, I, I think I called you once a landlady, actually, right? Because uh, <laughs> uh, as. <laughs> but, but, but landlady is a specific where, thing. Where, right? where you did buy your house, I basically call you a landlady, right? <laughs> because the, the, the English, like. the English word for as. someone is basically a landlord, let's say, right? And there, there needs to be an landlady. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I think this yeah, is the only time when I use this term. Right? But landlady <laughs> is a legit word. That's what that's called. Yeah. So that's in English, yeah, in English. Nothing but wrong with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it is. Uh, it is anyway. The landlord or lent or landlady is also discriminating, right? So I mean, if you look at the context, I, I mean, context sometimes matters. But if, I mean, it, me as a German looking at it are not by by. I mean, in Germany we don't have landlord as a as a term, right? So we we basically don't. The the, the old word which is landlord would be basically a Großgrundbesitzer or whatever, right? Oh, Something that's like not this. what landlord means in English. Or, landlord means somebody who is renting out a property to somebody else. That is yeah, the yeah, or, or who owns land so or whatever, right? I think it's owning land. No, it's not... specifically someone who rents out something. You're not so renting out my... your land, right? So you're not a landlady. <clears throat> <laughs> but, but I could be. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, but the, anyway, anyway, maybe yeah, yeah, potentially, uh, indeed. But the, the the thing the thing is uh, basically that or the the negative association I have with it, or by being maybe not translating it correctly, let's say, but lady is uh, a higher class or from my point of view a higher class woman uh, let's say right or who owns land and if you kind of the association i have actually is if i hear landlord let's stick with landlord or lady it doesn't matter right uh it is basically uh, someone who takes advantages of poor people right that don't own the land this is the association which is basically in my mind which means mm. that i i have a negative association with this word right i actually i mean i'm not sure why this is this is just how i basically see it or emotionally right rationally so, uh, there might be nothing wrong about the word <laughs> sometimes right. our chat feels like like a, a walk in the woods and you think where am I? How did I get here? <laughs> so I've completely sort of lost the plot how we got to landlords and landladies. Yeah, by, by, by the lady, girl, and uh, oh, power, yeah, woman, okay. and whatever term, right? Any, any, anyway, right? So Thomas is lost. I, I, so let's. I remember let's now. I'm I'm lost. I'm old and scared. Uh, let's get him yeah. back to track, and let's uh, <laughs> kind of. Maybe, maybe, or uh, let's look. We we prepared a bunch of questions. So, um, I, I think Elena, you you kind of reply to the question why did you consider the tech industry right so there are maybe uh, it, it was yeah a dream. you did you did it was a dream and <laughs> uh, uh, you were encouraged by your parents to, to do stuff which was out of your of the 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 kind of um, traditional role model at this time let's say um so now, what are the challenges for women in tech? Maybe we touched on that in a in a sense, but uh, if you would kind of name them as bullet points, what would you say are the main challenges for for you in in tech as a, as a woman? I I know that you, I mean usually you you I don't know if you were expecting to hear some also horror story from my side. For me, it's been amazing. <laughs> I haven't had any challenges just because I'm a woman and very much on the contrary actually people notice me more and uh, um, I got invited to speak at conferences and I don't know it just they notice you more because you're the only girl there the only female woman whatever 
Mm, so yeah, I mean, I actually, I, I mean, I, I saw you at conferences and or, or I know your public spe public speaking skills and so on. And I personally think that uh, we, or let's say, someone invited you to conferences, right? Because you're a great speaker and a very uh, good technical person, let's say, right? A resource. <laughs> Thank or, you. Uh, let's say. Uh, uh, and a nice human being as well, right? <laughs> Thank uh, you. which is also <laughs> which is also important. But yeah, okay, okay, fine. Uh, but I, I, I guess I know what you mean. Yeah. So, so my challenges, I don't know, haven't really uh, been been many. For me, it's been really, really nice and really smooth. Um, the thing is, I mean. I wish I would have some some role models, some women to work with. Uh, or I, I, right now, okay, I'm a little bit older. But when I was younger, if I would have had some uh, some um, older women by my side, people I can uh, aspire to, that probably would have been nice. So mm -hmm. I think we should have more role models. And if you're a woman listening now. Uh, Just be brave, go and put yourself out there because some girl needs to see you on stage speaking or needs to read your blog article no matter how silly you think it is. And if you think, oh, well, ah, I just learned this, this is so cool. Maybe I should write a blog about it. And then five minutes later, oh, I'm so silly. Probably everyone knows this. I'm the only one who learned it now. Who would, who would benefit from a blog like this? Don't think like that. There's always someone who's going to benefit from something that uh, you think is now common knowledge but no it's not yeah. for everyone what's may, the most may, that could happen exactly are, are there any role models that by, you by the way by, by, the, by the way uh, role models before before i forget it right i need to do a shout out to to my previous because i actually uh, i mean it sounds a bit strange but i have female role models in it tech because our uh, Even if it is not totally likely, given the, the statistical distribution between men and women in the tech industry, right? I had the luck to actually have our female managers, and um, I think I had more female managers. Maybe it be it's balanced out. Or I had female managers in in my oh, yeah. career as as IT guy, right? So I need to give a it shout did. out to to Emma K. McGratton, so who is senior vice president of engineering at Ingress slash Actian, right? Or uh, she she really was uh, someone who helped me a lot, right? Who supported me a lot when I started my career as software developer and uh, right uh, kind of. I really appreciate what she did for me, right? By by or supporting myself or working with me or guiding, mentoring myself, right? So she was basically a role model, and uh, I also worked at uh, Couchbase when I worked there uh, with Dipti. Or she's now our co-founder of Hana, right? Uh, also. A very very smart person right and i also learned a lot from her right so i actually had uh, um, yeah maybe if i look back right uh, a bunch of female managers right and I'm it was at, especially at ing <laughs> especially <laughs> as ing especially ingress and actian it was actually very common to have female managers uh, it's it's actually funny we had uh, Pam or Deb or Emma, right? And uh, they were basically like, uh, yeah, or a group of senior management people there, mm. right? Uh, and I worked quite uh, frequently with them and really appreciated all the stuff uh, they, they did for 
in this team and so on, right? Uh, but especially because Emma was my direct uh, manager, right? So yeah. Shout out to Emma, I've, right? I've met her once. She's a very impressive person, for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe if I had done better choices when I, were, I was young and maybe joined some bigger companies uh, with more people, I would have had the, the chance to work with more women. But I somehow went for smaller companies where you would have that family feeling. And, and I was maybe one of two or three people on the team and I would just be thrown in the big pool. <laughs> so I had to learn how to swim myself. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice to have a mentor. I would probably be so much further in the front now if I if I have had a mentor when I was younger. So yeah, another advice maybe to any uh, uh, actually any young listeners, not just uh, specific to to young women, find a mentor, someone that's gonna gonna be be there to teach you, to lead you, to to point you in the right directions, and uh, yeah important thing yeah i i think i actually it's uh, i personally think by the way right i mean again one of those minefield things but uh so elena and myself we are working together right and uh, i i think what elena is doing and i i think this is something women bring in general and uh, maybe this is again some of those traps and stereotypes and whatever but what I really appreciate is that uh, that there is much more social intelligence, right, by by women in in IT than there there is with uh, with men, right. I mean, we are all different. We have all our specific skills and so on. But what I realized, and I worked with a bunch of women in in tech already, right, is that they are usually much more socially smarter, right, whereby men are maybe a little bit more competitive or a little bit more. Or women are much better in in dealing with such situations, right. And they are actually great managers as well, right? Yeah, there is the stereotype, of course, that uh, men are more aggressive. Since you mentioned it, and you know, which, which has sometimes the impact that men get promoted quicker, women get overlooked for promotions. Is is that something that that you feel is accurate? In my experience, I was usually the one getting promoted in, in the smaller things. Nice. Yeah, and <laughs> it just somehow turned out like that. Uh, and now that I'm working in a big company, just uh, I, I've never seen any distinction between that. I think everyone gets uh, like fair judgment. From what I really, really, from what I see in our company, gender doesn't really play that much of a role in, uh, at least in, in in our the part that the people that we know i mean i, I of course i don't know about everyone yeah, in the yeah. company uh, but um, for now and we we have many female manager technical women managers right and i see some women actually promoting yeah. or being promoted uh, uh, six months after they got on the job and then another promotion and mm -hmm. they then they manage people because they're good and that's yeah, exactly. it that's the that's so the it. function of gender at, at, at Redis, the company, I mean, or we are both working with Redis, right, Elena and myself. We, yeah. we both have also our own companies, right, so we are both contractors. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, let's say <clears throat> we both work with Redis and, uh, um, yeah, I, I have the same impression, right? So it's more about skills and uh, less about uh, gender, right? There's no, Which is how it should be. 
Yeah, it should be like that. And it is like that, right? Uh, so our HR or the HR department of Redis, the company is basically doing a very good job, right? By the way, also a lot of women there right? Yeah. <laughs> in the HR department. Right. And also, uh, uh, it's, I mean, okay, we said it, we work for Redis, it's an Israeli founded company. It is, uh, there is a, a Israeli culture in a big part of, of the teams. And in Israel, the quality is actually pretty high out there. Women go to, to the army for a few years, just like men. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And it's one of the cultural things we discussed before, right? I think they are equal there, right? They have arm, yeah. army services, they do the same jobs as me, uh, right? Yeah. And going back now to that, but why? Because they need people, just like in you, because they know that they cannot afford not to have the women in the army. Okay, that's a political. So let's move away from that one, for example. But let's say in, in Yugoslavia, uh, more they need anyway already, right? <laughs> yeah, in in Yugoslavia, they needed people in the factories, and they said, well, okay, if we just send, mm-hmm. if we leave the women at home taking care of kids, we have only fifty percent of our available workforce working. No, we're gonna take the women too, and we're gonna build kindergartens close to the factories. Problem solved. Yeah. Just right? makes sense, doesn't it? It's not because yeah. someone said, "Oh, I'm a, such a huge feminist, and I'm going to give the opportunity to women to work." No, it came out of necessity. We need the workforce. Lucky for for us. Yeah. <laughs> so. But but let's uh, see. Let's see. This is one part, right? I mean, the society. Uh, I mean, there are always external forces, and the society is basically kind of or or yeah, making some ground to grow or not, right? Depending on the requirements or. Of the economic economics and whatever, right? Uh, the opposite con- could be also the case, right? But a- anyway, the the uh, what I would be interested in is actually more again your personal views so, or um, what you said initially was basically, hey, um, I decided to code because all I need is my brain and a computer, and I have this kind of idea to be free. So how can young or woman or yeah, young woman, or uh, be more free by by getting into tech, right? What is your proposal there? What is your experience there, right? Well, first of all, uh, you can educate yourself even on the internet. Your uh, family background won't matter. It won't matter if you have enough money to go to MIT or, or you're in a poor African village. And we see so many girls in Africa actually now picking up coding which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It really fills my heart to see why, because you don't need a bunch of money. You have the same opportunity as some American girl or a German girl or Portuguese girl that it can go to university. You don't have a lot. You have access to Internet. There are kids. Who, there are so many applications now uh, that you can just code on the phone and people don't have a computer. Maybe they start and they learn, they learn, they learn because they know that's their only way out. That's their way to financial independence financial stability for them, for their families. It's a different kind of life. And um, so, yeah, that's that's the first thing. You don't need a fortune to get a diploma and to get your first job. That's the first thing. Uh, it puts you, it levels up the, the, the ground uh, a little bit with the world and first world countries um, and guys, <laughs> of course. Um, and second... If, you're, if you have your, your job, you have your own money, you're not going to be dependent on your husband's money. 
So then if you ever find yourself in a position where you're not happy in your marriage or you're being abused or you're being mentally abused or you're just not happy, that's not where you want to stay. You have the choice. You don't have to think, well, well, I can't stand living with this person anymore, but I don't have anywhere else to go. And I mean, I, I was I was in a situation where I uh, where I had to split the relationship with a young baby. I mean, I wasn't abused or something. I just wasn't happy. Uh, at the other side of the side of the world from my home, and simply one day I decided I can't do this anymore. And then I bought my own ticket with my own credit card. And in a few weeks, I was on a plane and going back home. What would have happened if I, was, I didn't have my own money? At the other side of the world, from where I was born, yeah, yeah, yeah. on a mountain, with a little baby, completely dependent on someone who's uh, not a good partner, maybe at that moment. Yeah. Makes sense. I, I think this is true for, let's say, every kind of profession, let's say, right? So wh yeah. whatever profession or woman have, right, they, they should basically work on uh, being independent, all right? Independent to a specific degree. I mean, all, everyone here, right? Uh, so the truth is every, everyone has dependencies on other persons, right? And uh, you have kids, uh, right? Uh, and uh, relationships with persons and so on, right? I mean, they, those are dependencies that are kind of social dependencies, but you should not make yourself in general, I guess this is what you're saying, right? You should not make yourself financially dependent on someone are beyond this or self-chosen social dependency which you exactly. have right because if you do you're basically like or like locked up uh, in in the relationship which is uh, which is a problem yeah and, and as you said this is not tech specific but before covid how many jobs could you find that you could work from home with a young baby Yeah, maybe there there are some creative jobs there, right? Like artists or designers or whatever. Specifically so. designers. I mean, at least in the teams I was working with designers, it's actually, it's different when you are together with them. And they used to prefer mm -hmm. at least to be together with the person and then brainstorm. It's different than coding. Um, and still, it is, in a way, it is in tech. And I mean, it's not coding, but... Um, When you go to the women in tech group, you would see designers, you would even see project managers. They feel that we are in the tech industry. Okay, specifically. I mean, you mean pro product designers. I was more referring to graphics designers and so on, right? So the ones I know, they are more like freelancers. Maybe they have some on-site meetings, yeah. but then they also do a lot of stuff yeah. or uh, at home. Authors are working a lot of from, from home. I mean, they're, uh, everything which is basically this, how did you call this in one of our past episodes? Or the, the knowledge-based industry, or Thomas, right? Or Was this what you used? So meaning, I don't way, remember. Yeah, so I think knowledge workers, basically, right? Whatever is mm, a knowledge yeah. worker it, it could actually do the job remotely and it doesn't matter too much if this person is there or not because he doesn't need to or handle the machine or he doesn't need to steer or, or a car or whatever, right? So there's no, no actual boundary on the location. There is more a boundary on the knowledge. Or, and I would mm. say software developers are knowledge workers in a, in a sense, right? So. Yeah, but, but even as designers, I mean, between, between, uh, before COVID, there really wasn't, maybe you and I are biased because we have been working from home for many years. I, I, I have been working yeah, remotely sure. since 2010. And for me, but because because I'm a developer, I, I knew almost 
almost no one when I started working like this almost no one was working like me you would go in a in a uh, co-working spaces didn't exist it wasn't a word at all uh, you would go to a coffee shop with your computer people people would think that uh, was I mean was the what, can I use your wi-fi or why what are you gonna do it wasn't normal at all or how can you travel? Uh, what do you do for a living? And I would say, well, I'm a, uh, I'm a developer and I just moved here and I work from home. People wouldn't believe me. Simply, simple like that. In Brazil, people yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. believe me. This, this changed, by the way, a little bit right, in the entire yeah. industry in the, uh, for companies in general, right? Whenever it was... So not just because of COVID, also about... <laughs> it's, it's a little bit... It's a sad story in a way, right? I was uh, in between working with bigger companies, car manufacturers and stuff like this, right? Our, our customers of mine in the past and uh, those those customers kind of are ten, have the tendency to kind of... or Yeah... Uh, industrialize a little bit the workplace i'm not sure how i should explain this better right but the workplace becomes more or less like something which is really stream streamlined it's not like or this this nice little location where you go where you have to your place and so on right if you need to work there you you had a system where you kind of booked your desk or maybe pre-booked it or if you entered it you kind of had to find a, a free spot and so on right and in in all this kind of scenario what they do is they kind of are or design those buildings in a way that the buildings don't have enough space for all their employees, right? In the past, if you had basically an office building, there was enough space for everyone who worked in this office building. You, you tend to go to the office, you had your desk, blah, blah, right? Nowadays, it's like uh, maybe they have 60% of the places are there that they actually need, right? And they encourage people to work from home in order to kind of save costs. I mean, it's a very... It just uh, makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's not, but it's not for the employees. This is the point, right? The, the point is it's not really really for for the for the stuff it's more for for them in a, in a way right uh, which is yeah it's the sad they bring, part yeah say, they right? bring this argument about but our corporate culture you know yeah, we have yeah, to come yeah. into the office so then we have culture it's it's just as a side just as a just want to see you right? type yeah. it's just lazy management isn't it yeah yeah, but it is right. Um, I think our, our, as coders, our, we often don't need to go to the office, right? We often can work from home, or or also as other knowledge workers, like are doing training material or blah blah, right? Um, I think it's it's really good for for us. Um, I I miss to go to maybe some offices from time to time, right? To meet people in person and so on. Right? I actually do, right? I would like to meet some of my uh, my peers again right in, in an actual office and drink a beer in the evening and, and talk right and Thomas I also miss drinking beer with you right so I, I literally plan to come over to London depending on how the corona situation works out here in Germany but sounds uh, good yeah let's do just it. To, to have a beer with you in the evening right so maybe just yeah, a week and just fun. to sit there because uh, actually there, there is a good thing about being able to work from everywhere but there's also the bad aspect that uh, we are humans uh, and social creatures let's say right and we sometimes need to interact uh, one to one in order to kind of uh, kind of maintain this social relationship let's say right yeah that makes sense i mean my work has a weekly 
weekly team meeting and we go for beers after and this this is the one time i go to the office yeah, at the minute once because a month you're, team you're meeting. In, in the uk right this is how the uk guys are doing <laughs> from my experience <laughs> uh, so yep, off those, to the pub. Yep. Go, going yeah. back, going back to woman in tech, man. This is a very bad habit, right? Because what happens in the UK is all the men, basically, right, meet in this pub. At as far as I can remember, right, and I was one of them. They meet at the pub after the work, right, and uh, you the poor wives are basically at home waiting until nine o'clock or whatever, until the men are half drunk and coming back in, back home, right. So this is the this isn't this the reality, Thomas, or not? Well, I have female uh, <laughs> colleagues, and they they come to the pub just the same. You okay, know? fine. That's yeah. Okay, fine. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I used to go to the pub <laughs> also when I was uh, when I didn't have, when I, before I was a mom. Now I mean when it's dinner time and I'm, a meeting runs longer, I have I have to say, guys, I'm sorry, I have to go. I have to prepare dinner, and not that my partner is not preparing, but oh. sometimes he's in meetings too. So of course we change, but uh, if there are only two mm -hmm. parents and both of them are in tech and both of them want to go to the pub after work, who's gonna take care of the kids? And the default is the mom. So, yeah, yeah. Un unfortunately, that's not ideal. Know. No, I mean, the, the reality is, uh, I mean, it's a bit uh, what, what is good about women in tech. And uh, maybe this is uh, something which we, we highlighted already a bit. It's this financial independency, right? And the fact that uh, women are in tech equally paid to their, their men colleagues, I would say, at least, right? Um, thesis but this is at least what i kind of think well, is the I case would, right so which are so. which is not always the case uh, for other industries first of all right and uh, the the other thing is that or uh, yeah uh, it is often the case that the 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 husband is earning more money than the the wife especially if the husband is working in tech and the, and his wife is not working in tech this is our situation right and this kind of enforces a role model which i don't like but uh, it, it kind of enforces rationally rationally some decisions that are kind of are a little bit stupid but uh, make make kind of sense uh, in a way right so if it is about who is staying at home for let's say a year for instance right and uh, one of the partners is earning or less money than the other partner right then the decision rationally is that the one who is earning more money is not staying at home right i, I mean this is that but it is how it is right or uh, in a way and i think the, the the if you have someone who is working in tech and have another partner who is working in tech it's really equal equal out right which means that uh, you can maybe take uh, more more fair decisions there right um, it's uh, sometimes role models are applied without uh, having I mean, sometimes it's just not fair, right? And I, I hate to say this, let's say, right? It's just not how it should be. But yeah. I mean, but 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 even if uh, if I had, let's say, a babysitter that I can pay without wor without worrying about money, uh, I would still. I mean, and I can't do it, of course, but I would still feel guilty. <laughs> If I do it every week or something, if I do it now, we, we travel, let's say once every three months out of COVID times or once a few months and then go away for a few days and I don't feel guilty at all. But uh, to go once a week or, and leave yeah, my kid, I mean, I want to, he's at school also the whole day, I'm at work the whole day, I just want to go and and spend more time with him. He's growing up, I, I don't want to lose those precious hours. Right. 
By the way, Alina, I think, or just to clarify, it's a little bit for the audience here, right? Because uh, there, there might be this impression, hey, you as become a software developer, you never need to travel and so on, right? There, there is not just one kind of software developer, right? I had to learn this all the time as well, right? So uh, I actually, I worked as developer and consultant for a long period of time, and there were periods of my life where I traveled a lot, right? And uh, or so meaning there are jobs in tech, right, where you don't need to do this, let's say, right? Like or uh, being maybe or uh, part of an international team in a startup or whatever, right? Where you kind of focus pretty much on development. But as soon as you're kind of in the front line to the customer, right, by developing code and applications for for this customer, you don't have this luxury situation anymore, right? You, if a customer calls you, you need to go there and be present, right? Uh, let's say, and this can be actually very stressful. And uh, so, yeah, indeed, there there is this story, but uh, not every every time, right? Uh, regardless if you're a woman or a man, let's say, right? There are also jobs in in tech that are much more, uh, uh, let's say, or in, involve a lot of lot of travel, let's say, right? Also in software development, right? Yeah. So be so, careful, uh, woman out there, right? That <laughs> now prepare tech jobs, right? Pick your your gig wisely, right? <laughs> yeah. So, how can I get involved? Are there organizations? How 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 can I do more? Um, well, thank you for asking, first of all, and thank you for for <laughs> for wanting to help uh, be an ally. Everyone can and should, and first of all, by going through all of those things that we already talked about, those biases and thinking, well, uh, this, which word am I going to use? Am I going to um, uh, be the, the husband that stays late in the pub and uh, leaves always the wife? Um, or am I going to spend Exactly, my... Thomas. Exactly, Thomas. No, <laughs> no, I said always or every day. We need we need social life as parents too. Once a month. He said on. once a month. <laughs> yeah. Once a month. Mm. Bad habits, Thomas. Bad habits. Right. <laughs> like I can't listen. I I mean, just side as a side note, I can't basically blame you, right? I'm the husband who's staying all the time bed in uh, in the office. Now it's uh, nearly one o'clock. I went to the bed uh, yesterday one o'clock by not seeing my wife or at all, right? She sometimes entered my office by by giving me a cup of coffee or whatever, right? And besides of that, I didn't spend any time with her, right? But uh, uh, so I can't complain about you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Elena, sorry, I interrupted you. Right? No worries. Um, what was I gonna say? Ah, yeah. So, uh, if you have some free time, join some of the organizations that uh, that connect you with mentees, with young women. In fact, write a um, a blog post how it was when you were starting your career, encouraging people. So even though you're um, an experienced developer with uh, many years of, uh, of uh, experience under your belt, refer, write a blog post uh, targeted to, to young developers and uh, young, young women maybe in, in particular. Um, when you see some, some young lady at a conference, encourage her, uh, go talk to her. She's probably <laughs> shy and overwhelmed of uh, being the, the, one of the few, few uh, ladies at the, at the audience. And, um, uh, and say, well, uh, well what, what, what are you working on? Um, 
why don't you encourage her how oh, that's interesting well why don't you write a write a blog post about about it i'm gonna share it on my twitter or uh when you see um twitter post from some some uh some girl some woman uh saying hey i'm avail available for a job repost it retweet it um when you you're hiring think about all the women that you know that you've seen that, that have posted something or um that you know they're in tech and reach out directly to them because we're we're a little bit silly i know the new generation is not like like us but at least my generation we're a little bit silly when i look at the job post and i don't check exactly <laughs> all conditions that are listed there. I, I don't apply I, because yeah. I feel, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. <laughs> that's how you think. You always feel like an outsider. So you need to go and yeah, say, that's, that's, come, that's come fine. That's final enough, right? So don't apply yeah. to other jobs. That's fine. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm usually, yeah, three out of 10. That'll do. I'll apply. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, good one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and just those kind of things. Just being aware of the of the struggle that some uh, some ladies go through. And I mean, there are all kind of people on the internet that uh, some girl posts something. Oh, this is a nice little project that I did, and they go and bash on it. Oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. So just stand up to those people, for example. Also, just uh, yeah. Th those kind of things and uh, educate your boys uh, without bias to treat girls well and also this is for the women out there and, and I always say this it's maybe a little bit funny but um, women also have a big uh, uh, part in the, in the sexism in the world because those boys who are being sexist today were educated by women in the past and if my True. boy becomes so I blame my mother for having this mindset right so no mom. i said in part i of course we, we <laughs> I'm, i'm just i'm, I'm just kidding you know. i'm just kidding <laughs> but it is my job also to to educate my son about uh, about women And he hates girls right now. It's the, it's the worst thing. Girls are the worst thing. Now, girls, girls, these girls, that girls. And I have to, to teach him. <laughs> I mean, of course, I know he says he hates because he probably likes them and he doesn't want to admit it. I, of course, I know that. But um, it's just how it is. It's a phase, I guess, right? So my, my kids had the same, right? I think they, the, the, my experience is a little bit that, or I mean, this sounds a bit, now a bit mean to boys, but um, it's really the case. And I didn't trust that this is the case when I was young and a boy, right? Because I didn't want to admit that it's the case. But it's often the case that girls in, in a specific age are much more progressed than boys, let's say, right? And uh, there it is a kind of very visible discrepancy in a, in, a, in a younger age, right? So maybe something like eight or up to... Or, maybe 14 or even a bit older right and this discrepancy kind of or, or is is 
is then, yeah, the boys realize actually that they are a little bit weaker right, than the girls and they, they kind of don't feel positive about it, right, I, I guess. Uh, and this will be balanced out a little bit more, right, to, towards the end. So when they get older, this discrepancy will not be as visible anymore. But uh, I think there is an age where they are not too compatible, right? Girls are kind of interested yeah. in, in more progressed stuff and boys are a little bit like the... The, the stupid dump uh, <laughs> uh, uh, creatures in the in the room, which is uh, if they reflect, <laughs> is a bit not a good feeling, let's say, right? Uh, maybe, just maybe. Yeah, but yeah, my I experience, think so too. Right? My, uh, at least my my kids were like that, right? Uh, so I hope they never listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, um, yeah, okay, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, that's it, basically. I think uh, very good advices are by Elena, right? I hope that uh, more women in, women in general, right, are listening to this podcast by getting some, some hints and tips and uh, young persons that are interested in tech, right? I, I think the tech industry needs even more women, right? Um, so if oh, yeah. you look at these statistics, they're there's quite an imbalance uh, regarding this, right? And um, um, as mentioned already, I think uh, they are bringing a lot uh, of skill uh, to the table, not just technical skill, which is uh, can be as equal as every man, right? But they're, they're, even if this is stereotypic again, and maybe not a good uh, ending or closing, but I think there are actually a lot of advantage. I mean, I mean, I think we discussed that we have to admit that women and men are a little bit different in some regards, right? And my personal and to accept this and and kind of or just reflect this this kind of bias in in a, in a way. But or repeating this again, I think women bring a lot of social intelligence to the table, right? And they are a big win to to a team, or let's say, right? Or uh, so we need more women in tech, right? This would be my closing line. I definitely do. Here, here. Girl power. No, Girl just power. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Let me keep this. I, I'm allowed to say it. David, I can say it. I'm allowed to say it. You want me to say it? I oh, would. yeah. Girl yeah, power. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Thank you very much and uh, uh, bye. Thank, Thank you, Elena. You. Thank um, you for inviting me, guys. Time. It was super fun. Bye bye.